0: We are back just like i said we'd be back this is for the glory kc your preeminent source all things kansas city soccer that music you just heard was write it like you mean it like by christian leo i am chad smith one of the editors at the bluetestament.com and i'm joined as always by my wife the rated r superstar sheena smith sheena what's up
1: that's so dumb these names are these all always going to (laughs) be wrestling names who is the rated r superstar and why would you associate me with that like (laughs) i'm not
0: your foul language that you use.
1: Oh, like occasionally when I'm mad.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know. I just thought it would be funny. Uh, Edge is the Rated R superstar. Do you, do you remember the wrestler Edge?
1: No, never heard of him.
0: Okay, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into the things that we are going to talk about this week, I just want to remind everybody to go follow us on all your various social media platforms at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at for the glory. Oh, I do this every time. For the glory. Casey at gmail.com. Emails are hard for me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at play for 90. Sheena's still holding out on sharing her Twitter. (laughs) And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. Oh my gosh, English, this is going to be a long night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You just search for us by searching The Blue Testament on whichever podcast medium that you like to use to listen to devices, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is. Some of them will let you write reviews. But on today's show, we are going to talk more about Ronaldo not coming to Sporting Kansas City and its ramifications going forward. Got some more details since we had our emergency podcast last week. We're going to talk about some news from U.S. soccer. Oh, the drama. And then we have our wish lists for 2023, what we want to see happen for Kansas City soccer. And then, of course, always the digital crawl will have some news for you as well. Uh, but Sheena, um, I think you were saying you had something you wanted to say to me.
1: Yeah. So first of all, everyone, Happy New Year's. Thanks for listening and joining us. on is this our seventh episode?
0: I think this is episode eight. eight, but seventh for oh, you. So yeah, okay. I can see how you get it wrong. This is season two. We're what? in a new season, new year, new season, right? Isn't that how it goes?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm I calling don't...
0: this season two, episode one, y'all.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about the podcast world, but sure, if that's how that works. Is season three another year from now then?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think some oh. podcasts like um, the Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, who are Players for the current. They have a podcast called Snacks, and they'll do like two seasons a year, that sort of thing. But I'm thinking in my head, a season is a year, right? Sporting report to preseason on Friday on the sixth. So this is the new season. The season is starting. The off season is coming to an end. We're heading into the new season.
1: Okay. Awesome. I'm glad we clarified that. That was not what I had to (laughs) say. I just wanted to remind you of something from a couple episodes ago and update the listeners, which I don't even know if they're going to care about this. And I don't even know if you're going to remember this. But a few episodes ago, we were talking about how I'm left handed and how I really struggle with can openers. And you said, Oh, I'm in I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas now. And I'm a really sad to report I never got a can opener. Where is it?
0: Uh Oh, yeah, I did say I was gonna get you an electric (laughs) can opener and then I didn't do it. We have a pretty stable like do 't buy each other stuff for Christmas policy occasionally'll we'll buy each other like weird stuff little one-off things or we'll buy like gifts for the family or for the house but mostly it's just like spoil our 10 year old time whenever Christmas comes around uh, so yeah I definitely didn't do that but uh, I'll add it to the tasks that I need to accomplish and make sure I get that taken care of I did notice tonight when you were opening that can of dog food for your foster dog that you were opening it really weird cutting through the side of the can with the can over I was like what that's not how it goes on there and then believe you said this this is the only way I can make it work. So
1: I actually saw a meme like a couple days ago, which is what reminded me of this. And it was like if something along the lines of if it, your plan is to get somebody a can opener for Christmas, just buy them the can opener and don't get them. Like don't call it a Christmas present. And then that reminded that me. it was really how, a meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that's what reminded me that I never got the can opener. I would have happily accepted it as a Christmas present.
0: I guess you'll have to wait until our next big event. Uh, What is our our dating anniversary in February, right? So you'll have to hold out till February, till we hit the big 18 years. Oh, my God. Makes me feel pretty old.
1: Nothing says a happy dating anniversary of 18 years like a new can opener.
0: An electric can opener. Let's not undersell this thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Well that was all, right. all I, I wanted to remind you about.
0: All right, fair enough. So as I mentioned before, preseason for Sporting Kansas City, uh they start on Friday the sixth. They're reporting, there's meetings, there's tests, fitness tests, things like that, physicals, all that good stuff. So the content is coming. Hopefully we'll start to get news about what teams they're playing during preseason, what games they're gonna be had, what games people can potentially go to. We're gonna still get Sheena to try to write that article on what to do. What you, are you going to do that? Or are you fired up about it?
1: Yeah, I just need to find time to do it. Maybe this weekend, I'll I'll take some time. I was also thinking maybe for the Instagram account, I could um include pictures of food and places. I, I'm also curious if anyone is going to Phoenix for this, so um i if so i need to know who you are so i can somehow find a way to live vicariously bi- curiously through you while you're there
0: yeah interact with us on our twitter on our instagram we'll be happy to do that and i'll have to get sheena to take over the instagram because i'm really bad at it i don't know how to post audio stuff on an instagram and i haven't made any effort to learn so i just take pictures of random sporting stuff around our house and go new episode out link in bio and then like list some stuff that's on the episode but uh i'll, I, well, I'll get better I, at
1: it. I don't know that i have time for for another Instagram account. Oh, so. that's true.
0: You have a problem. Okay, we won't go down yeah. that path. So <laughs> uh, preseason reporting is on Friday the 6th. I assume since that's the first day, Friday, what a weird day to start work, right? Yeah. Uh, then I assume they may have to work through the weekend, do some practicing, fitness, I don't know. But then they hop on a plane on Monday the 9th and head to Arizona. So we'll keep you updated every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. Oh. Look for For the Glory KC.
1: I was going to say, I feel like usually by now we know the preseason schedule. So this feels later than usual, or am I misremembering?
0: You know, that is a good question. I'd have to go look and try to figure that out since you're springing this on me in the moment. Um, I don't don't know off the top of my head, honestly. But I feel like this preseason is maybe the earliest preseason to ever start. So that could be skewing our perceptions. I know this is usually kind of a dead time in the schedule, but with the League's Cup coming up this year and the whole month of pausing the season, I think that um, it's just starting earlier than usual. I think this is the earliest MLS game as well, like the kickoff games at the end of February. It's pretty close to the times they've kicked off in the past, but just slightly earlier, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Very insightful stuff. Okay, so let's go back to that Ronaldo emergency podcast we had on Friday. When the rumor came out, if you missed it, Cristiano Ronaldo was linked to Sporting Kansas City by Taylor Twellman, confirmed by MLSSoccer.com's Tom Bogart, the KC stars Daniel Sperry, Sam McDowell, uh, f- gosh, Fa- Fabrizio Romano. If you don't know him, he's an Italian journalist. And when Fab has it, it's real. You know it's real. Everybody's reporting this, that this was a real thing. We did a whole podcast on it. Actually, it is our most listened to episode ever. So thank you all for listening. And hopefully you're back again listening and we're not disappointing you right now. But we want to give you some additional details. Speaking of Sam McDowell, the KC star, he did a fantastic job bettering out all kinds of information. He found out that this thing was called Project Triple Bank Shot. It's something that the Pattersons and the Illigs, the the co-owners, they used to call like super, super long shot ideas that they had in business and this is kind of a long shot idea in their sports business Um, so that's what the name of the project was the pursuit lasted about a month uh patrick mahomes Ever heard of him? Uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, he was involved, you know, just like the biggest player in the NFL, no big deal. Um, but then a lot of other details that I left out of the story online. You can also go read Sam's work. I link out to it from the blue um, the Apple TV deal being in a hundred countries, like you just do a subscription, you can watch it anywhere. That was an appeal to Ronaldo's. Uh, people they said it quote played a significant factor Um, Peter Vermees gave this quote which I thought was kind of interesting he said quote I tend to think of myself as a pretty optimistic person and I don't focus on the can'ts and the negative aspects but this one was one of those deals where off the top of my head I thought he's a player that if he was coming to MLS there would there would be Miami or it would be Miami or LA. I must have wrote that down wrong because there would be. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting because Burmese has said that in the past, Sheena, where he'll talk about actually. This is like one of my rare pieces of original journalism. I was talking to him one preseason to tie this link together here. And it was when they were doing preseason at the Scottsdale Community College campus. Do you know the uh, mascot of the Scottsdale Community College, Sheena?
1: Um, It's like the running avocados or something (laughs) with avocados or bananas or it's something fun. I just can't think of it.
0: running avocados. It's the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fighting artichokes so basically okay. you were right. yeah
1: yeah i knew it was an a <laughs> so a anyway name.
0: i was out there interviewing him and he gave me this great quote like oh peter's such a good interview sometimes and so, you know sometimes he's like he's in a bad mood after a game or whatever i get it when they don't always win but he gave me this interview about say, basically saying it's hard to bring people to missouri they think or kansas is the word he used because technically they're on the kansas side with the stadium um but they They think we're out here riding horses was something to the effect of what he said. And I always that always kind of stuck with me. It's like he said, if I can get them to come to the training and development center, they're blown away. Right. They see the atmosphere. They see what it is, but it's convincing them to come. So hopefully this is going to kind of open the door to that. And I heard a lot of people saying no more excuses, Peter, you can't make up reasons why people won't come anymore because you almost had Ronaldo. You've like brought attention to the team.
1: Yeah, so do we know if Ronaldo actually came to Kansas City? Has that been confirmed?
0: So to my understanding, he did not actually... That kind of goes to the next little bits of information that I have for him. Um, so, Sporting Kansas City, they set up the first meeting with Ronaldo's people. Vermees used his connections. But then it was actually Ronaldo's side, his you know agents and whomever are his people. You know, when you're this rich and important, I guess you have a lot of people. Um, they set up meetings two and three. But throughout the process, from what Sam was saying, they never talked to the, the player himself, never talked to Ronaldo.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting that they never actually talked to him. So it makes me go back and wonder, like, how serious he really was about coming because, like, one of the things I was struggling to wrap my head around and I think like when we were doing this emergency uh, broadcast podcast or other on Friday, I just like didn't even really have time to wrap my head around it because you told me the news and said, let's record a podcast. And, And as time has gone by, like, it's crazy. It maybe almost happened. I don't know. To me, it seems like Ronaldo himself would have been involved, but I guess I don't know much about how that all works, like how often players actually are talking to the team directly. Do you know, is that common?
0: You know, I'm not 100% certain, but it seems like a lot of time the players are in communication with the team. They're talking to at least the coach. The coach is making contact. They're trying to get a feel for each other, see if they fit their systems. I feel like Ronaldo's kind of a special case because he has so many people versus the typical player. Maybe they have, I mean, I'm sure they have an agent at least, but then beyond yeah. that, do they have other people, right? Or they just have their agent and then they're themselves and then they you know, fly and check out the teams and things like that. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the guys over at the Shades of Blue podcast which you can also find in the Blue Testament feed. They did a really good job talking about a lot of the issues from Ronaldo, and that's one of the things they talked about. In addition to some of the kind of darker things, where he has like domestic abuse allegations and how that would or wouldn't uh, have been impacted. Would he be unarrested? Here, they did a really good job of talking about living in a place like Saudi Arabia. You, you know, it's a man-friendly country, right? The rules are written for men by men. You know, women are sometimes oppressed and don't have like. in parts of uh, the Middle East, right? They can't go out and drive without a male being with them or be out in public without a male, you know, stuff like that. So they said he's not going to get the hard questions in Saudi Arabia that he's going to get in America and I think that's probably true and I wouldn't be surprised if that played a factor in the whole thing or like you were speculating at the very beginning was Kansas City or whatever other teams because he mentioned during his press conference with Al Nassar this week that uh, he had interest from Europe and South America and all these other places so is he just using everybody to drive up the price and get the the biggest number?
1: Yeah well and just from my worldly experience of watching the Royal Housewives of Dubai oh, yeah, he, <laughs> I know but I learned a lot about the the laws over there. And yeah, you're right, he probably wouldn't get those questions because of the way the laws are made. But there was a couple thoughts I had about this whole thing that I didn't express Friday night, just because I didn't even really have time to think about it. And as all this news has come out and stuff, I've kind of gathered my thoughts a little bit better than I did last week. So I wanted to share a couple things that kind of stood out to me and just some observations and the first one is I wonder how the dynamic of the team would have changed if Ronaldo had joined Sporting because I can't imagine him fitting in with the culture because it seems like Sporting's a pretty close knit team just based off of what I've seen in the offseason with a lot of the players traveling together and stuff like that. To me, he seems like a bit of a bad boy and he definitely has that. I hate saying the word bad boy. Like, I don't mean it in like a sexy way, but like oh, he's, he
0: ha- a, he's a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but he has like a reputation with legal troubles and cheating, and there's some dark stuff, like you were saying. Um, he kind of not. I think he might be worse than what I'm about to say, but he kind of reminds me of Jamie Tart in season one of Ted Lasso. Remember, he was like kind of on his like high horse, and he did everything by himself, and everyone else had like that team dynamic. Do you? Oh, think-
0: I definitely get the vibe that Tart may be partially based on Ronaldo or player, oh. players of his ilk, right? Because yeah oh i know jamie tart jamie tart jamie tart i mean who
1: doesn't yeah but that was like what i thought of like him coming here and it would be kind of maybe a jamie tart situation where he's just kind of the odd man out and then the other thing i was thinking about is the whole dynamic between him and peter vermise it would have been fascinating to see but then i also think it would have been very cringeworthy and then just i was thinking about different players on the team and what that would have looked like because i think him and police seem like they could be similar. That is the locker room big enough for two flashy stars. Would Johnny Russell get annoyed with him? These are the questions we'll never know the answers to. But I, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see how it all played out.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that too. That it's funny that you're talking about the culture and how he would have fit in because that's what I was thinking too. I, I'd kind of been thinking to myself there was this all this discussion about. I'm glad Ronaldo didn't come. I I don't think he belonged. Like people were saying that on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. And I wondered is that genuine or is that like kind of like sour grapes of not getting the guy that you want? But a lot of the stories about Ronaldo, especially having just come through Manchester United and gotten released before the world cup, a rare player playing at the world cup who didn't have a club. Um, but he seems kind of like a locker room cancer. Like he is, you know, he's in trouble with the law like we referenced earlier. And again, go listen to shades of blue. They break that down a lot better and get into all the details of it. So, I was kind of thinking to myself, sporting have this really good culture. Whenever I do like radio spots or interviews or, you know, people find me through the blue Testament and they're like, Hey, can you come on my podcast or whatever and talk about this? I'm always talking about sporting's culture and you just see how Vermees kind of lays the groundwork. And then he's got players like your Espinosa's and Zussi's and and the like that are upholding that culture. And would that culture overcome someone like Ronaldo or is he just too big and too much of a mess? and he would kind of, you know, bring the whole thing crashing down, so... I don't know. We'll never know. But it was intriguing.
1: Yeah. The other thing is that I just really can't imagine Ronaldo would have enjoyed Kansas City. He seems like a Miami type of guy. Honestly, if I was going to pin him to a city like Miami felt like it would be a good city for him. I know he was saying he wanted to be low key where he didn't get recognized. But I can't imagine he really wanted that or even if he did not to the level he would have gotten it in Kansas City. And then just one of the things that got me thinking was on Twitter, people saying, oh, what could have been? Like, him eating barbecue or doing local commercials or the nebraska furniture mart playing across the street from that and so i came up with a few things i'm sad that i'll never get to see and maybe these were on the internet but i didn't see them so i feel like they're original for me um okay (laughs) i'm intrigued
0: let's go let's hear these
1: okay so i'm sad we'll never see the ronaldo family pictures of him and his family at silver dollar city and branson (laughs) um i'm sad we'll never get to see his version of a central bank commercial where he's hyping up the sporting Kansas City credit card. Uh, I'm sad we won't get to see him be the honorary member at any Kansas City event like the Plaza Lights, like the one who's turning on the Plaza Lights. Um, And then ultimately, I'm glad we won't have to see the demise of him in Kansas City when he's ultimately caught hitting on or something worse with college girls at Lake of the Ozarks. So um, I would have. Oh, boy. Oh, God. (laughs) Chad learned how to do sound effects. If I'm going to abuse them.
0: No, I'm not going to abuse I'm oh going to be restrictive with my usage of it. <laughs> okay, I
1: wasn't trying to be funny, but those were the things I I am happy and like sad I won't get to see. I also think this would have made a really great reality TV show. It could have been, or like a show set up similar to Ted Lasso. Only P- Peter Vermeer would have been doing all the cussing instead of all the players. Um, I honestly feel like we could have. Have a whole podcast of the scenarios that will never be, and maybe that's what the emergency podcast was supposed to be. And I failed to understand the assignment. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I think you did good. We were just, uh, you know, releasing our ideas and thoughts in the moment. It was a pure raw reaction. We didn't prepare. We just kind of did it. So I thought that was yeah. fun. Uh, so, uh, I'm surprised you didn't bring up that he didn't want to do a Minsky's pizza commercial, you know, famously doing those Minsky's commercials. Oh,
1: I don't think I knew about those commercials.
0: I'm going to need you to get on YouTube and check that out when this podcast (laughs) is over. It sounds (laughs)
1: like they're really great, but On like a more serious note, it does feel like at this point, sporting needs to make a flashy move and sign like a designated player. Um, I'd like to see somebody younger. And I don't know a lot of international soccer player names outside of Ronaldo and Messi. So there's probably somebody out there who's really popular and well known, and we should sign them. I wouldn't know the name of like the person or who they are. But I feel like at this point, because we maybe we're in the running to get a Ronaldo, we need to actually get somebody who is equally as exciting, but without all the controversy in their personal life.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting transition, because there was one more really good quote, which I think may be oh. the quote of the entire article uh, Sorry, from Sam McDowell. No, you're fine. I, you're transitioning. It's good, great stuff. Um, so <laughs> Sam was asking Peter Vermees... If this pursuit was a one-off, quote, does it mean we're going to take more chances? The answer is yes, Vermees said. But obviously the situations have to make sense for both on the field and off the field aspects of acquisition. He goes on and on talking about other aspects of it. But Sam finished that section saying, quote, Ronaldo is a one-of-one. In other words, or maybe perhaps like one of two and the other isn't coming to Kansas city. I think he's referring to messy. Uh, the quote continues, oh. but there's an interesting unintended consequence of the Ronaldo pursuit. One source told the star that sporting has already been contacted by another European star who expressed, expressed interest in such a move the interest I'm told is mutual. That's Sam McDowell from the Kansas City Star. So I think that's really interesting because yes, Ronaldo fell through and it was uh, the story of the week. And like I told you, when we did our emergency podcast, people will reference back to this for weeks, months, (laughs) probably years. Hey, remember that time, Sporting Chase Ronaldo. Um, So I think it's kind of intriguing that the door has been opened. And I know that you don't watch basically any international football whatsoever, and I don't watch very much. As I mentioned last week, I'm more likely to be caught at a SKC 2 game than, you know, checking out the Champions League. I know, y'all. I, I should be better. But uh the name that came to mind for me, and I know I mentioned this to you the other day, was Antoine Griezmann. He's also on the French national team, so he just played in the World Cup. He won the World Cup four years ago. He's a talented player. He plays in a lot of different attacking roles, and he's a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. He loves Mahomes. Oh. So I feel like that could work out, and he's talked about wanting to come to MLS before. Versus, I don't know if you saw the quotes, but Ronaldo is basically saying, "I don't want to be one of these players that ends my career in America or or the Middle East." <laughs> and then, he, and then oh, here he is. The he is doing it, yeah. And
1: that's interesting because I had a question for you, which kind of segues into what Ronaldo was saying. But a lot of what I was seeing on like Twitter and Facebook is that if Ronaldo had signed with sports. Reporting. a lot of people were saying like that would be the nail in the coffin that MLS is like a place where the stars come like to they come to play before retiring. Do you believe that to be true or what are your thoughts on that?
0: When you say a nail in the coffin you're saying like this is what happens stars come here to retire.
1: Yeah. I think
0: just like any league in the world, stars come to retire here, they come to retire in other leagues. It's a silly argument because think of Zlatan who we mentioned last week. Oh yeah. Zlatan came. He was older. He banged in a ton of goals. But now he's back in Italy, banging in a ton of goals, and he's even older. So does that make MLS a retirement league? I don't think so. I think it's a ridiculous argument. There are examples of guys that have come here, taken a big payday, and retired. But that also happens in other places too. So was it more true in the past? Sure. I don't really think it's a solid argument for now. And shoot. There's America opens up a lot of these players to different marketing opportunities, commercial opportunities that don't exist in some of these other parts of the world because we're kind of the media capital of the world. That's probably just my U.S.-centric American bias playing in, but I think it's a nonsense argument.
1: And that just made me think of one other question, just to put you on the spot again. Do you think this Renato deal, would, or almost deal potential being in the running, would maybe make some of the U.S.- Uh, national team members who play internationally consider coming back to the United States? Like, Do you think the potential of Ronaldo almost coming here or maybe coming here seems like a good time for some of those players to come back to the United States? I don't know if I'm phrasing this right because I'm Coming up with the question on the spot?
0: I don't think the two things are related. I think there's always okay. a possibility that US guys are going to come back. You saw, there's been waves of it, right? A few years ago, Michael Bradley also was linked to sporting at one point, rumored to be. Uh, he came back and he played for Toronto FC and, you know, won them some titles and whatnot. And then, you know, Alejandro Badoya came back and played for the Philadelphia Union. And there's numerous examples. Shaq Moore, who was on the World Cup roster, he just came back and played for Nashville for the last chunk of last season. There's always international guys coming and going. I think there's still this perception that you have to go to Europe to be a big star. And maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I think you can be a big star in MLS too. But there's going to be people that that come back and forth for sure. Gotcha. So l- let's transition a little bit. We'll stay on Ronaldo here for a minute, but kind of in a tangential way. I wrote a piece for the bluetestament.com that you all should go check out. Gosh, I can't speak tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I pronounced that really weird. Yeah, and- you did. <laughs> so I think it's worth a a look because I looked at kind of the the math of the Ronaldo move. And when I say the math, I don't mean like the 200 million euros or pounds or I think it was euros that he's making from Al Nasser. But uh, instead I mean the math of like, MLS and its weird rules so I know it can be complicated to Keep up with MLS rules so I want to try to keep it As simple as possible so what would have Happened if Ronaldo came to sporting is he would Have been a designated player and basically MLS teams are allowed to have up to Three players that they can pay Unlimited salaries and unlimited transfer Fees to get the most ridiculous Example would probably be Insigne Up in Toronto he joined midseason last Year Lorenzo Insigne yeah I see your head shake I know you're a big Insigne fan and uh, he's Making 15 million per season season. He is by far the highest paid player in league history. He's like almost double the next guy. Uh, Before that, you've had your Zlatans, your Carlos Velas players that were in the like six, seven, eight million range. So then you can also pay these unlimited transfer fees. So like Atlanta United is a team that's famously done this and gone and spent 10, 15, 18 million on one player, just the fee, let alone the salary on top of that. Or uh, Alan Polito, nine and a half, 10 million sporting spent on him. And then, you know, he has a $2.2 million salary as well. So teams get up to three of those. But the complicating weird part of MLS is that there's this new rule that came in two seasons ago. It's called the U22 Initiative. The guys over at The Athletic call it Young Money. I like that name, Young Money. Uh, you can spend unlimited money to bring the player in, but they can only make a maximum of what is called the MLS salary budget maximum charge, which is in this season going to be 651000 Two hundred and fifty dollars is very specific. So about $650,000. And if they make more than that, then they would be a designated player. So if they make less than that, and they're under the age of 22 when they sign, then they can be this U22 thing. But MLS has to make things complicated. So if you have three DPs that make unlimited money, unlimited salary, everything, then you can only have one of those U22 guys. But if you only have two DPs that are in that higher pay slash transfer fee area, and you have one that's lower, that's under basically $1.65 million in compensation slash transfer fee averages, then you can have three u22 players i tell you all that long background Sheena's fallen asleep at her keyboard over there <laughs> all that long background to say that sporting already have three u22 players on their roster logan and Dembe, robert balder and marinos janice and because of that they can't have three dps that make unlimited money and the problem is they already have two that are in that quote quote unquote unlimited they're they're too high they make too much johnny russell and alan Polito. so had ronaldo signed there's a whole bunch of ways they could get that squared away but they would have either had to get rid of two of their u22 guys or move them around trade them use this various kinds of allocation monies there's all these different rules you can go read about it in more detail in my article uh to pay down some of the younger guys or move on from Polito or russell so knowing all of that, Gina, on the highest level I could do, but it was still way too much detail. <laughs> do you think Sporting should go try to aim for a really big expensive player knowing that it may cause somebody or somebody's their roster spot to make room for them?
1: I don't know, that's an interesting question you pose. Um first of all, why are the rules so Complicated.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole not- that's a podcast in and of itself that <laughs> everybody would fall asleep in the first 15. So yeah. I'm probably not going to go into that level of detail.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of up in the air on Polito. I would like to see him play this season, but if he gets injured again, I think we need to move on. And then that would be a good time to bring somebody else in. Who were the, the U 22 kids again? It was Janice. Jean-
0: yeah, Janice and Dembe and Volader.
1: Yeah, I could see being okay with moving on from one of them, maybe.
0: And the thing is, you might have to move on from two of them, depending on how much of this money you have, because you'll only be allowed to have one. But technically, you can use this stuff called targeted allocation money to pay their salary down, because none of them have, while you're allowed to have big unlimited fees for these guys, sporting didn't spend a ton. Like some of them are closer to a million, maybe two million in transfer fees to get them, which is a ton of money for you or I, but in terms yeah. of global football, it's not 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 too much so uh, i just thought it was interesting because it's this extra like complicating factor in bringing in another player is you have to make it fit and we have kind of a glimpse into how people fit but we don't really know how much general allocation money it's a different type of allocation money does sporting have on hand because you get extra from trades, like when they traded Jean-Luc Cabuzio, or guys traded, they transferred him overseas to Venezia. They got a bunch of general allocation money from that. Plus these other trades in the past, you can roll it over certain number of transfer windows. So you have time to spend it. So like, we just don't know all the ins and outs of how much money is out there to be spent. So sometimes people say things like, oh, go do this, go do that. But they don't know how weird and complicated MLS's roster rules are
1: it would have that just adds another layer to this Ronaldo thing is like if it had gone through who would no longer be on the team like who was at risk of losing their spot and then do those people now feel a little nervous like I don't think Johnny Russell has anything to worry about he's a fan favorite but I don't know
0: Maybe was it potentially as a Polito, right? He's missed yeah. more than half the time in the three seasons he's been here. So he'd probably be the candidate. You can buy out one player every MLS off season. Sporting doesn't typically do it, but you have the ability to basically pay them off, like buy their contract out. They can leave the team and they don't count against your salary, even though you technically paid them all that money. So they could go, oh, we're already spending who knows how much on Ronaldo, what's another $2.2 million to buy out Polito and send him yeah. on his way. So uh, I don't know how it would have played out. We don't have to worry about that now. But yeah. it is intriguing because to me, if you're going to add another, another designated player, I don't think you go and spend that kind of money unless it's somebody that is life-changing, world-changing, attention-changing for Kansas City like Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> my favorite quote still is that people would stop calling them Sporting Kansas and would start to know that it's Sporting Kansas City if it's Ronaldo. But I just don't know that there's another guy out there like that that's going to come. But if it happens, if it develops, I bet we find out about it and we'll talk to you all about it. Any final thoughts on this Ronaldo stuff, Sheena?
1: Um, I just thought when you said the Sporting Kansas thing, it reminded me, I saw somebody on Facebook and they said something along the lines of if Like when Ronaldo was making a decision on where to play, he asked where uh, Kansas City was. And they said in the middle of the country. And he said, oh, like by New York. And they said, no. Oh, like by L.A. And they said, no. And he said, oh, forget that. I'd rather be a prince over in Saudi Arabia. And that one just really got me. I probably screwed up how he said it, but it was something along those lines. And that really got me.
0: I like that. I think that's a good ending point. So let's take a quick break. And then we'll be back with more for the glory KC. And we are back. All right. So we're going to move on from sporting KC talk. Uh, Actually, I have a surprise bit of news for you. Sheena, you don't know about this. This just happened while we were recording. Uh, There is a, a really young prospect. She's 19. She's a Haitian player, Melchi Dumarnay. She's a forward for Haiti uh, played against the United States during world cup qualifying. Really Exciting young player. She had been linked to the Kansas City current. Uh, they were the front runners in the National Women's Soccer League to land her, but oh according to Stephen Goff of the Washington Post, it looks like she is going to be joining Olympic Lyonnais. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong from the French league. Uh and it says that, quote, dollar sign difference. So the, so the money made the difference. She's out of contract mm-hmm. this summer. So not coming to the Kansas City Current. I know you don't know who she is, but no, uh, a little disappointing to not have this, this young prospect. I remember writing about her last year when the rumor initially came out that she's being linked to the Current. That would have been a, a heck of a signing, but that KC Current roster looks really good. I wrote a, a, a piece on them this week, and then we'll, we'll move to our other topics we have planned uh, about how if they were to land one more free agent, it could really put them over the top in terms of superstardom. I encourage you all to go read that over at thebluetestament.com. That's it. I think they're still going to be con- contenders for the championship because they're just they've already gotten better they've nailed this offseason so far okay we're going to talk more casey current next week we had a guest that we were going to have on to talk about the current things got kerfuffled it kind of fell apart but we're going to hopefully do it next week we'll let you know more when we know more but let's switch our gears and talk u.s soccer some interesting news broke over the last couple of days there was a report that a u.s soccer had launched an investigation into a quote incident with coach Greg Berhalter. And then to kind of get out in front of it, Greg Berhalter and his wife, they released a joint statement. It was basically, accusations were being made against him. And then today, we're recording this on a Wednesday, it came out that the accusations came from Danielle Reyna. You might recognize that last name. That is the last name of Geo Reyna uh, as the US MNT star Geo Reyna, 20 year old kid. That's his mom. Uh, she's married to former US MNT captain Claudio Reyna, and she basically sent stuff to US soccer about this incident that happened 30 years ago and Greg and his wife put out this statement. Cause it was his girlfriend at the time. And it, it, it's obviously it's this awful thing that happened where he, they'd gotten like an argument or an altercation of some sort. And he ended up like kicking her and she breaks up with them of course right you shouldn't be hitting women obviously i mean women shouldn't be hitting men for that matter frankly but um she ends up breaking up with them and then they tell this whole story about they kind of they go apart and they tell all their families and you know whatnot and then they come back together and they've been married for a very long time they have four children together but the uh, this th- this story got shared kind of as like a reaction to uh, danielle reyna basically said it's a reaction to the way that greg had leaked that information about Gio kind of throwing a fit and having a little temper tantrum at the world cup because when he was told he wasn't going to play as much he wasn't going to be a starter in the first game and then he he wasn't really a starter at all at any point in the cup so just that was a really rough overview um but sheena what were your thoughts when you started to read about this reina story
1: yeah the story is crazy um, I don't think you covered the part where Gia Reno's or Reno's mom was r- college oh. roommates with I don't know her name. I think it was like Rosalind, is that right? Yeah,
0: Rosalind. Uh, yeah, Berhalter now, but yeah, they were college yeah. roommates. They played at the University of North Carolina together for four years. They're they're athletes together. And then I also left out that Claudio and Greg have known each other since they were kids. They played youth soccer and high school soccer together uh, before coming up through the American. American soccer system. So yes, quite a connection.
1: Yeah, like they're really close friends in my head. They're they're really close, like best friends, maybe. Um from what I was reading, it sounds like after that incident happened, um, where they broke up. but what, what is Gio's mom's name?
0: Uh Danielle.
1: Danielle, yeah. I like had a moment. But anyways, after they broke up, Danielle had a really hard time, like getting close to Greg again. So they really had to work at it. And it sounds like the families, you know, up until I'm imagining this information came out, were really close, like. I can't imagine in any scenario in life divulging sensitive um information about that, like if that was my best friend, I would never share that, especially to an organization. And I just like I'm wondering what did she say that out of rage over what was coming out about her son? And was it worth giving up the friendship? Because I I can't imagine a scenario you forgive somebody, you know, when they've, especially because that happened, I think it said like 30 years ago. So yeah, it's crazy to me. And then it just makes me wonder, like, did she divulge that information because her son was benched and that was like a form of revenge? So Do you what think she story? let it slip? Like, cause I think she said it was an accident. Like she was, she was saying, you know, he should have a little more grace considering what he went through at Gio's age, and then she said what it was, and then that launched the investigation. But do you think she purposely said it, or was it an accident?
0: I, it sounds super intentional from the way ESPN has reported the story. So to go back to... So this basically was was told by Danielle to U.S. soccer after the World Cup was over. She said it was in reaction to basically Burhalter leaking. Uh, I'm sure you heard that story where yeah. Reina essentially uh, had kind of was piddling around on the practice field. He wasn't putting in a good uh, effort in there. They had played like a friendly game against Al Ghaffar. It's a Qatari team in the Qatari Stars League. And he was kind of being lazy out there on the field. And after the game, when he didn't sub on to that very first game, when Jordan Morris came in and everybody thought Gio Reina should come in, Burhalter said, oh, they were being careful because there was tightness and injury. But then after the World Cup, it basically came out that he had been pouting and not participating and taking, not taking it very well. And that he had to, he never uses Geo's name, but he tells this off the record story that ended up getting yeah. published. So it became on the record. And they put it on the record saying that, um, he, or no, I'm sorry, it was, it was supposed to be off the record, but it ended up, you know, being reported out there that he did have to apologize to all his teammates and not just like a generic, I'm sorry, but like go to them and that he, he did a good job and he handled it well. But, because that leak came out. That's why Danielle says she went and put out that statement. And then she also said that the, what, Berhalter and his wife are saying quote significantly minimizes the abuse so she's saying this is not the version where he just kicks her once or however they kind of phrase it in Greg and Rosalind's letter is not accurate to what really happened but but to back up slightly during the World Cup here's a quote from Claudio Reyna he says quote while in Qatar I shared my frustration about my son's World Cup experience with a number of close friends Ernie as in Ernie Stewart the general manager of US soccer and brian mcbride who also works for u.s soccer among them the quote continues however at no time did i ever threaten anyone nor would i ever do so however sources told espn that he did threaten to share this information basically in retaliation to his son not playing so that implies that he was going to share it before the world cup was over before this leak happens where greg you know Probably inadvertently, well, maybe not inadvertently, who knows? Told these reporters that, you know, then accidentally leaked it when they weren't supposed to. They didn't realize it was off the record or whatever happened there.
1: Yeah. I just say, yeah, it's kind of disgusting. Like just the fact they're throwing out this information. Obviously things have worked out. Hopefully it's not an abusive relationship, but I mean, it it seems like they have a strong marriage from what we can tell. And it's not really their place to be going around, even if it's offhand remarks or, you know, whatever. Like to me, it feels like they've had this information and they've just been waiting for a time when something doesn't go right in their son's career to throw it out there and see what happens. And I just don't think that's good, especially like... I I think I saw Danielle didn't think this was going to turn into an investigation, but it's like, At this point, given everything that happened with the NWSL, how do you not take any abuse allegations seriously and not investigate them? Like, I I don't know, with friends like her, like you don't need enemies or I guess both of them. But I think the more important thing is like, where does this put Gio Reyna going forward with the U.S. men's national team, regardless of who the coach is? Because I know technically Burkhalter is out of contract as of today. So we don't know if he got a new deal or anything like that. If he remains the coach, like it feels like you wouldn't be calling him up, but even if there's a new coach, do you really want to deal with that drama? Like that's a lot of mama drama and who wants (laughs) to deal with that?
0: That is a very good point. So there's this really good tweet that I want to share because it just made me laugh. And I think it's uh, on point and kind of goes to what you're talking about. It's from the account on Twitter. At Valley Shook, it says, quote, Honestly, the USMNT tearing itself apart because a dad was angry about his kids' playing time really is the best example we could give to the world of American soccer, end quote. So I think that's spot on because when you think about going to kids' sporting events. There's always those parents that are like insane, right? They're like yelling at the referee, they're yelling at their own kids, they're yelling at other kids. I coached youth soccer for my daughter for many seasons and we would get the sportsmanship award because even if I was frustrated, because the refs absolutely messed up at times, right? A lot of times they're kids and things like that. I didn't take it out on them. I I might quietly have a conversation with them. I was always very calm and I tried to compliment them on the things they did well. But there's so many people that are terrible and insane. I was lucky. I I rarely had any in insane soccer parents but we were supposed to like have conversations with these parents before the season to make sure you're on the other sideline this is where the boundaries are you don't coach i coach things like that but we all know <laughs> terrible examples and uh claudio and danielle seem like they're maybe the worst soccer parents in america because to your question was this due to Gio? he's a 20 year old kid is he like maybe never going to get called up again i don't think so because i think when he's healthy, he may be one of the best players in the world. But but is if Berhalter remains the coach, which he very well could, it's gonna come into play, right? How can it not come into play?
1: Yeah. Well, that and I just wonder overall, like, is it gonna hurt his career, this situation? I think maybe it'll depend on how it all pans out. But like you don't wanna be the player who has a reputation when things don't go well or you're being criticized, your mom's jumping in and throwing whatever information she has out there. Um, he's an, ad- an adult. I don't feel like I get he's only 20, but she shouldn't be meddling in his career. And the other thing to that is that being criticized as part of being in the public spotlight, like I'm sure as a parent, it would be awful to hear, you know, negative stuff coming out about your kid. But you can't retaliate every time that happens. And I don't, the, the whole thing is just crazy. And I'm sure this isn't like the last of it. I'm sure there's more that's going to continue coming out.
0: Yeah, we should stress we're in the first two days of this story. So we're getting glimpses and pieces. But the investigation, the U.S. soccer did hire an outside law firm to take care of this. So, investigation ongoing, kind of the, uh, I guess, the ramifications of it right now are the U.S. soccer. They're coming together for what they call January Camp, Camp Cupcake. It's sometimes referred to. Oh my gosh!
1: Why? (laughs) Supposed
0: to be easier than typical camp. I don't know what it is, but um, the person that will be coaching the team is Anthony Hudson. He's an assistant for U.S. Soccer. He's kind of keeps. Keeps bumping up the ladder. Um, Luchi Gonzalez was probably the top assistant for Greg Berhalter, but now he's off coaching the San Jose Earthquakes. He's left. So Hudson, former coach of the Colorado Rapids, now steps in. And fun stat for you. This is a thank courtesy of uh, Mike Kuhn, <laughs> Mike Stats. Uh, he uh, he let us know that he is, quote, the worst coach in MLS history, uh, that's with coaches that have coached 40 games or more, he has the lowest winning percentage. Uh, When he was fired from his job at the Colorado Rapids, Leslie Frazier came in as the coach, got that team from a dwindling, awful performance to actually make the playoffs that season. So I can't blame his roster, really, I don't think, because Frazier got that team to the playoffs. So uh, Hudson will definitely not be the long-term coach, but it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Did you have any other thoughts about this before we move on?
1: No, I mean, the whole thing's wild, so I'm curious to see how it, how it shakes out, but yeah, we're good to move on.
0: All right, cool. Let's do that. So we said we'd do it last week. we got a little bit of a delay on it, is we were going to put out our wishes, our kind of our New Year's resolutions for Kansas City soccer. And I figure I'll get this going, Sheena, since you're not 100% certain what the heck I meant when I wrote this into our rundown. Uh, But it's kind of like, what do we want to happen for Kansas City soccer this year? And to steal, this is basically a stolen idea from, again, my colleague Mike Coon. just mentioned him. He does this every year he's done it for years before he was a writer on our site when he had his own website and i'm going to steal his number one and that's winning some trophies winning some silverware gotta get that hardware because it's been a while since kansas city has brought home any trophies it the kansas city current Got so close last year of uh, sporting kind of close, right? They went to the US Open Cup semifinals, uh, but it's been a long time, 2013, since they won an MLS Cup, haven't won a US Open Cup since 2017. Uh, so I would love to see some trophies. Do you have a first wish? Sheena.
1: Yeah, and mine, like, I didn't even put a championship or a trophy into the mix because, to me, that's an expectation every year. Every you year, want one. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I thought about other things. Um, so for my first one, I think the biggest wish list item is that the team needs a center back. Um, oh, I
0: have that on my list too.
1: Oh, okay. So, in all the excitement with Ronaldo. I feel like it got pushed to the side that this is like a position we actually need. I never really understood the Ronaldo thing because I think we're fine in that position. What we really need is a center back, and I think we could use a superstar name in that position. I don't have anybody because I don't know anybody, but we need somebody who is a superstar because our defense has struggled the past few season. So I think if we're going to spend the money, we should put it in that position. Maybe it's not as glamorous as, you know, a Ronaldo or that or like striker or, you know, Left back, right back, whatever. Let's say I say those positions right forwards. Uh, yeah,
0: you probably meant yeah. left wing, right wing. Yeah, probably not. <laughs>
1: whatever. <laughs> See, this is why I'm just a casual fan. But that, yeah, I mean, I knew it was the offense. And I know that you always say Courtney Ford is the starter, and no offense to Courtney Ford, who I've definitely offended so many times oh my in one podcast. Like, so I, I just. I don't feel like he's the superstar I'm looking for in that position. So that is, my wish list number one is we need a center back.
0: Okay. Well, that was my number two, which really could oh. be my number one, but I just listed it in no order in particular. So I'm going to kind of just continue on that and push back okay. a little bit on your idea. So I do, I did put down specifically a starting quality right center back to compete with Courtney Ford because I do okay. think Ford can be the guy if he needs to be the guy. I think he was pretty- Needs, key, well, needs I mean, is the
1: key word he's there. He's going to need like- to be
0: the guy if they don't sign somebody, <laughs> but they got to <laughs> yeah. sign somebody. They only have- three on the roster right now they Mm. can't can't just have three actually going back to our whole Ronaldo roster discussion they may only have one senior roster spot yet left so I break that down in the in the article as well so you guys should check that out but if they only do have one senior roster spot left it absolutely has to be a center back they absolutely have to compete but I would push back that it doesn't need to be a superstar I don't want designated player type money spent on a center back. Last year, Sporting had two center backs making over a million dollars in Nicholas Isimant-Marin and Andreu Fontes. The year before, they kind of had three because Ilie played a ton of center back because Issy was hurt. And he was making over a million dollars, and that didn't work. So it, it money doesn't necessarily mean quality. I just want somebody that's quality. Uh, the guy in Same. MLS the guy in MLS that's still available that would kind of fit that boat, but it would probably be around a million bucks is Alexander Callens. He played for the Air I'm probably saying it wrong. Sorry, Alexander. <laughs> uh, he played for New York city FC. He was on their championship team from two seasons ago. I would absolutely still take him. I don't watch enough NYC FC to know if he's a system fit, but he's got some pretty gaudy metrics and every other starting caliber, right center back, is gone. Aaron Long just signed the other day with uh, LAFC. Oh, the rich get richer. (laughs) Um, And then previously Matt Hedges, who we talked about before he signed as well. So uh, Callens would be the guy, but anybody, you know, go get me. Somebody could be a foreign player. I don't know. I'm open to whatever. And Peter, we trust. I know he's going to go get somebody and I look forward to hearing who that's going to be since I stole your wish and you stole my wish. I'll just let you go again. Sheena, what's your next wish?
1: Okay. I'm sure this isn't on your list because now I'm getting like, that was the only quality thing I had on my wish list. Um so if we're throwing whatever into a wish list since it's my wish list, can we get more exciting jerseys for sporting and oh, the national that. teams? yeah yeah, so the national teams could use an upgrade sporting could use something more exciting so that's my second wish list
0: yeah, I'm a little sad about the sporting jersey situation because my favorite jerseys are typically the hoops jerseys, which is that mm-hmm. the one that they had last year, the light blue and the indigo the the like stripes, the horizontal stripes, and that one's going yeah. out. And we're keeping the kind of state line 2.0, where you can very faintly see the letters 816 and 913. So that'll still be around. So they're going to get a new, you know, what we would call a primary Jersey with that light blue sporting blue color on it. Yeah. I like that wish. That's a good one. The one I okay. put it, and it's funny that I put this cause I just saw a tweet from the KC current, like right before we started recording is, quality on-time stadium progress for the current. I want them to have their stadium ready to open by 2024. No delays. They've nailed things so far with the training center and everything else that they've handled. So hoping it keeps on track. We drive by that site all the time. I'm always like, um, luckily, my car will drive itself in certain instances, because I'm definitely <laughs> looking over, trying to trying to check out what's going on with the stadium. Uh, super dangerous. So I'm just like, Sheena, watch the road. I got to look over at the stadium site and see what's happening.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. What else you got? Okay, so I only had three. So this is my last one. And I had you in mind for this one. And I guess me too. But I would like to see a better broadcast for Sporting Kansas City, too. Benny Fellhopper has been the coach for at least an entire season, right? One season, yep. Yeah, and I kind of forget because I never hear about SKC, too, because you're not watching them and you can't watch them because they're blurry and it's at one angle. And so that would be my last wish is that they do something to make that a better broadcast for fans like you and me.
0: Yeah, yeah, cause we're going to get you to watch some games this <laughs> yeah. year, I'm sure. Maybe we'll get you to go out there and you can, you okay. can use your press credentials in that regard. Sit, sit in the press not, box? No?
1: No. Well, the pre-
0: the press, press I'm box not the at, press. at Swope Soccer Village is a bit different than in Children's Mercy Park. So it's a lot more low key, but. I, I digress. Uh, that's a really good wish. And I did write a very complaining article that actually got a bunch of wide media attention about oh. how it was broken. MLS Next Pro was broken in year one. And a big reason was it was hard to watch games because I can't plan my life around Sporting Kansas City too. And the fact that you could only watch the games live was a real annoyance. So that'll bring me to my last wish. And then I'll just refer you all over to look at Mike's wishes because he's got a bunch of really good ones is... I want progress for the kids. I'm keeping it vague because whether that's Sporting Kansas City 2 getting better, the KC Current, I have a KC Current too. I want to see those players get better too. The young players on the Current, the young players on SKC, haven't seen a lot of homegrown progress over the last few years. A lot of guys kind of come and go. They don't play a ton of minutes. People aren't moving from the second team to the first team. So I want to see significant minutes. If that means a Jake Davis goes down and plays almost every game with the twos and gets really good and lifts that team up, then that's awesome. Cause I'm, I'm still high on Jake, but he hasn't had a lot of chances to contribute in MLS.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, a really good one. I feel like when I first started watching um, soccer and specifically sporting, a lot of the times the players would come from, like they, some of the players would go from SK two or I guess it was Swope Park, Back when I first started watching, but they would go to sporting and sporting would loan players down for swope, and I feel like I I think I've brought this up before that in the past I would hear a lot more about academy players, and that just I feel like has gone away, and that kind of ties into the homegrown player situation you're talking about as well. So it's like maybe that stuff is happening and. But I don't feel like it's as visible as maybe it used to be. And maybe COVID has something to do with that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think COVID had a unknown impact, but I think it had an outsized impact that we don't realize because there were times where players weren't loaning back and forth between teams. They're keeping the team separate as to not spread COVID between them. But if you look down the roster right now, the homegrown players on the team are Daniel Shallowy, Cameron Duke. Felipe Hernandez, he's been a success. Ozzy Cisneros, basically barely played. Caden Pierre, he looks like a future star. And then Jake Davis, who I mentioned, everybody else is gone. So they're all off to other places or other teams. Uh, John Polskamp is technically kind of a homegrown as well. Uh, He was not a homegrown for sporting, but he was for the LA Galaxy. So uh, he's he's a success chance as well. Looks like he could take over as the starter. So... Let's move on to our digital crawl. This is where we just rapidly kind of, unless we have things to say, just quickly move through some news and we'll wrap this show up for the week. So the first bit of news is I saw this post on Reddit, which I thought was really good, that was talking about how many games MLS players could play this year. And they could play up to 61 games for their club team. And that is through... Uh, the, all these extra competitions, right? The US Open Cup, which we've always had regular season playoffs, but then the Leagues Cup, and also the playoffs are potentially expanding. So the max you could play before was 51, now it's 61. It's very unlikely you'd play the max that would count Champions League and all that stuff. But, Sheena, what, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, first of all, I love Reddit. I kind of forgot about Reddit. I was really into it before we moved here. But I was looking through um, the Reddit article you had sent me. And one of the things that I found interesting was somebody was comparing MLS to like a Premier League. And in a Premier League, I think they specifically looked at Messi. Messi played 63 games. Not
0: Um, in the Premier League, but yes, he plays in uh, uh, the PSGN League. Whatever.
1: Okay, well, I'm probably like I'm not. I'm probably screwing it up because I wasn't paying. (laughs) I just saw sixty three games, so across the pond somewhere. Across the pond, there. there you go somewhere they're playing they played 63 somebody played 63 games so this would be more along the lines of that
0: yeah and it's not uncommon for these top european teams to play that many games but the difference is the rosters are constructed very differently mls as i mentioned earlier has these complex rules and this budget and you can only sign so many players so they need to change those rules if you're going to play this many games because there's going to be more injuries there's going to be more people missing time on and on and on so, let's go on to the next one. Latif Blessing. Oh, still makes me sad to say his name. Uh, he was stolen by LAFC oh in the expansion draft for a mere $50,000 in general allocation money. Well, LAFC just traded him to the New England Revolution for $400,000. Damn. And that does not include potential performance incentives that can drive that four hundred thousand number up. Uh, but every time we talk about Latif getting taken by LFC or getting re-signed or traded or anything, it just it hurts a little bit because he's gone. Uh, he's on to a new team, and uh, I wish the best for Latif, even though I'm still bitter about it.
1: <laughs> I guess same.
0: Okay. So another MLS news that's going to affect sporting is a bear. The striker for NYCFC, has been traded to the Seattle Sounders. So sporting will now be seeing him multiple times a year. He is 31 years old, but goal scorers that can be, you know, he's not going to be expected to be the starter there. Raul Ru- Ruiz Diaz should still be the starter. Shoot. They still have Freddie Montero as well, but he's got 24 goals and six assists in about 3,500 minutes. He also moved for four hundred thousand in general allocation money. It's interesting to think if sporting last year when they had no striker, they probably had four hundred thousand dollars in game they could have used to go get a player like that. So kind of a bummer that they couldn't acquire him. I know you're a big A Bear fan, so I'm just gonna go ahead and move on. Uh, Ismail <laughs> Tajiri Shroudi. He is also formerly of NYCFC, played a little bit for LAFC last year. I only want to mention him because he found a new club, and that club is Amania FC. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's from the Cyprus First Division, and that is the same club that Marinos Janis used to play for.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a big jean fan over here.
0: There you go. Yeah, we know a lot about Cyprus from that one time we got on Wikipedia (laughs) and searched about and learned about it. (laughs) And then the last little bit of news that we have for the evening, and we talked about this briefly on the other podcast, but I think Sheena had something she wanted to share, is soccer legend Pele uh, passed away at the age of 82 years old. Uh, My question for you, Sheena, and then you can share your thing, is (laughs) did you go watch Pele highlights so you can know who (laughs) Pele is?
1: No, yes and no. So when the news outlets were doing like their stories about him dying, I saw highlights there. Okay. So I saw it because I was watching the news. I didn't seek out any additional ones, but, um, I was reading this really good story on ESPN today, um, by Sam Borden. And the article was talking about Pele's return to his hometown since he's died and just the, sadness but also kind of the way they phrased it was they were happy to have him back like because for so many years he had been a world figure and now he's back in his hometown and it was just a really cool perspective i don't know if we could link the article i really liked it i just loved like seeing the or I guess reading the excitement of the people um, from his hometown. and I don't know, I really liked it. It was a good it was a good little piece that Sam Borden did.
0: If you get me that link, I can absolutely put it in the story. Okay. I can put it in the description on the podcast. I think I'm not really sure how all this stuff works. Okay. I mean, this, this is season two of the podcast, but it is only <laughs> the eighth time we've done this thing. So I'm still figuring it out, y'all. But I just want to thank you all for joining us for the glory, of Casey. We'll be back again next. Thursday, unless, you know, something crazy happens. But that's the plan. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: hopefully we don't have any other emergencies come up. But if so, I guess we'll be here to discuss them.
0: Oh, yeah. We could have another emergency pod. You never know. So watch your <laughs> watch the Blue Testament feed on your favorite podcast app of choice. Go rate us five stars. We'll definitely read your review on the air if you say nice things about us. Or if it's constructive criticism, I can handle that. If it's just mean, though, I'm probably not going to read it on the air. But that, that's all for me, Chad smith and for my wife sheena any final parting words
1: happy new year's everyone thanks so much for listening we appreciate it
0: all right kc soccer let's go